Good morning. Before we get started here with uh, getting into the Word again, could we kneel for prayer? Our Father and our God, we quiet our hearts before you this morning. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together in that name with brothers, with sisters, with the family of God. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you for the security, the identity, the strength the accountability, the iron sharpening iron, the respect and the honor, the blessing, the submitting that can all take place here with the people of God. Thank you for your word, which teaches and guides us. I pray, God, that as we look at your word yet further here this morning, I pray that you would teach us, instruct us, remind us, exhort us, encourage, strengthen, and correct us where necessary. Again, thank you for this assembly. We plead for your presence. We plead for a very keen connection from your Holy Spirit to our human spirits that have been wakened by your spirit. Tune our hearts to your word at this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For a theme verse this morning, I'd like to turn to Mark chapter 9. Verse 29. This that I have on my heart this morning did not come because of a favorite topic of mine. It did not come... Uh, because I feel like I excel or I uh, have something extraordinary to teach. It did not come because of um, really anything other than, um, I believe, several promptings from various angles. <clears throat> and I'm just going to share those here at the beginning. <clears throat> Title that uh, we have for this message is fasting for life fasting for life <clears throat> so <clears throat> this past week i believe there are some of us maybe most of us spent a few days fasting <clears throat> for a special need so that, of course, brought this topic to my mind and heart a bit. 
And then um, during that time, I came across this verse just in where I was reading, um, <clears throat> came through this chapter in Mark chapter 9, came across this verse 29, and it was the first thought that, you know, maybe God's trying to say something particular to me, and uh, perhaps I should uh, share this with the rest of you all. Let me read this verse. <clears throat> Jesus' words were this, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Fasting for life. This kind of what? What is Jesus speaking about? What is the context? Well, if we would um, back up. There's a story here. And there was a man that came, he had a problem, he had a dumb spirit, and he tried to get the disciples to help him with this problem, they couldn't help him, so Jesus comes on the scene And he helps this father with his son, with his dumb spirit. I think we can just simply assume there was a uh, demonic activity. There was a demonic possession of some level there. And Jesus, with all power, said, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, come out of him. And that was it. Very simple, taken care of. Cried. Made some noise, made a scene, left him in a dead faint, it seems. And Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he was made whole. And the disciples were very wise. They wanted to learn from this. Why couldn't they take care of this problem? Why was it Jesus? What was his secret? What was his key? And Jesus gave what um, probably most of us actually uh, would consider a bit of a strange answer. He said, he didn't say, well, you didn't pray hard enough or have enough faith. Uh, He didn't say, well, you've got to um, get more power in your life by obedience or many things maybe that would have been good to say. But he said, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Fasting for life. So what is inferred here is that by fasting, these disciples could have been used of God to do something that was not possible without fasting. The question which immediately came to my heart as I just read this was, is there something that God would like to be able to count on me for, but I've missed and he can't do without fasting, without my willingness to fast, without my sensitivity, maybe to know when and how and for what type of thing to fast. He does parrot fasting and prayer. Talk about that a little bit, the significance there. 
So it was those two things that um, first put it, started putting this burden, this message on my heart, and I was reflecting a bit on the message we had um, last Sunday about discipline, and specifically there was reference to um, gluttony and fasting there, the sin of gluttony and the lack of and the need for fasting. I started reflecting on the things that God has done in my life, the discipline, the spiritual exercise, the spiritual sharpness, the the, the, the aid in prayer, Um, even in solidarity. I started reflecting um, different times in my life. and um, the impact that fasting has had on my life. As a young boy, I um, saw my father fast often, and from time to time take extended fasts. I know that left a spiritual impact on me, and aspiring to to exercise myself in that uh, a bit from a very young age. Um... When I say solidarity, I think there's a special privilege. There's a special thing that happens when there is group fasting. Especially if it is coupled with group prayer, focused fasting and prayer. Um, I remember as an eight, um, 19, 20, 21-year-old being in, working in, in Ghana, West Africa, and there was a long period of time, there was a stage of time there where the mission declared a fast every week. Every week there was fasting day because the mission was low in funds. And some of us weren't sure if we were going to get, uh, some of the families that weren't sure if they were going to get their allotment to buy their food that next month when they go to town. And... Uh, the administrator's response was, we will fast and pray. We will be um, calm and quiet and trust God, and we will fast and pray. <clears throat> and there was solidarity. There was a sense of banding together um, in a very healthy uh, way with our needs before God in that. And I will never forget that. <clears throat> Also, my mind quickly went to, about a year ago, there was a forum, which Christian Ministries hosts every, every year, and um, <clears throat> sometimes in between as well, twice a year, uh, for all the SALT workers. <clears throat> we did it virtually because of COVID. And there was a teaching given there <clears throat> by one of the administrators one of the staff at the head office there in Ohio, there was a teaching given by, and I'll just describe it this way. I think you'll understand why. Um, a dear, old, suspended, long-bearded man he gave a teaching on fasting <clears throat> and shared from his own life experience, shared from his own current experience of his weekly fasting, his one day per week. And he shared with um, simple words, but he shared with conviction the lack and the need that 
our culture, and specifically our Anabaptist culture, tends to have in this area. <clears throat> and uh, it was doubly meaningful for me because here is a man that uh, very strongly and clearly identifies and, and um, represents Anabaptism. It is a weakness in our culture, <clears throat> in our church culture, <clears throat> in our Lancaster County culture. I think it's good to recognize that. You don't often respond to weakness with growth if you don't recognize that the weakness exists. <clears throat> and I'm sure in this room we have a lot of variety. I'm sure we have a lot of um, those among us that have done many fasts, extended fasts. Probably here we have some that have never fasted. <clears throat> For more than maybe a, a meal or so. <clears throat> I remember a relative of mine, again, very conservative man, very committed to his church. His, his confidence was in his church, I'll say it that. As far as his spiritual life, uh, there was clearly some lack there. But a relative of mine is a young boy, um, and uh, hearing his, his daughter say how that when she was at home and it came to the, is it once a year, twice a year, time for a fast, twice a year, am I right? Um, <clears throat> it was the time when everyone was supposed to fast in the church before going to, um, <clears throat> for communion, preparatory services for communion. So it would, he would slim it down to just breakfast and, and still have a late breakfast. That was, that was a fast. <clears throat> it was just the most he could muster. <clears throat> and went on through life that way and just, that was a stretch. <clears throat> so I point to a few of my own um, impressions and examples, both positive and some not so positive on this topic. And um, I like to recognize here, just at the beginning, I like to recognize that all of us probably have some some emotional response, maybe significant emotional response when we hear the word fasting. And there's two that I identified in myself. And maybe you have one or both of these, or you have at times. <clears throat> when you hear about fasting, it's quick to have a response of guilt. It's easy to have a response of guilt. Because there's times when you think about it, and maybe times where you've tried it and haven't succeeded with the fast that you set out to do. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I'd put mine up. I've done that more than once. Maybe that's been your pattern. Maybe that has been enough of times you've done that and you can just expect that's going to happen again. And so you're scared to even try because the fear of failure overcomes you. I don't wish to add guilt to guilt this morning. <clears throat> That's probably one reason that I cringe from this topic, especially being up here talking about this topic. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you perhaps have feelings of pride. <clears throat> maybe you can think back to maybe this week, 
this earlier this week, maybe other times, uh, where you have fasted, maybe you've taken prolonged fasts, and you have a sense that you have an ability to do things with your body that most other people would just be impressed with. <clears throat> maybe you have some feelings of both. <clears throat> I don't believe that either one of those are God's intention. Fasting for life. <clears throat> Fasting God did not in design to be for guilt, neither for pride. <clears throat> Um, here in this example when Jesus instructed his disciples that there needs to be prayer and fasting without which this man this man's son could not have been delivered that spoke of life I don't mean that you're supposed to fast to start to fast today and you're going to fast the rest of your life it's okay if that thought goes through your mind, because I do believe God, there is, there is um, um, good things for you if, by God's grace, you could be inspired, you could be pushed a bit towards a blessing that God has for you, and make some choices to incorporate fasting into part of your lifestyle for the rest of your life. Fasting for life. But also another double meaning would be to fast that spiritual life might be given. <clears throat> I like all of us just to be inspired. Forget the fear, forget the guilt, forget the pride, forget the bad memories or bad examples. Just be inspired by what God might do through your life personally. What God might do through your marriage if together as husband and wife you might uh, incorporate fasting into your life. What God might do through your family. What God might do through this church. That up to this point, he cannot do. Is God limited? Is God weak? Why can't he do it? <clears throat> so why fast? Leads into a little bit, a um, few thoughts here, a few questions. Why fast? Do we do it as something for God? You know, I don't know that I've ever, I've been tempted so much with thoughts of, of pride because of comparing um, myself with someone else. But an internal sense of satisfaction or pride just privately in my own thoughts before God. That's wrong. That's wrong. Fasting to earn something from God is nothing better than trying to put your good works on one side of a scale in order to outweigh the bad things you've done. Can't do it. It's nothing more than trying to manipulate God. Fasting is not to manipulate God, not to twist God's arm and to get the request that you have, get that request from Him. <clears throat> God is King of the universe. In no way or any form 
Will you manipulate him? <clears throat> so, what's it for? Why fast? Is it for God? Does God need it? God doesn't need food or fasting, does he? God doesn't need your food or your fasting. Not to manipulate, not to put pressure on him. Does it bring more results and answers to prayer? Does it bring more power? Automatically. Can you be sure then when you fast with your prayers that God's going to answer this prayer? Is it so that we can show God we're serious? Is it a demonstration? Maybe you want that prayer answered in the time frame that you need it and the way you want it. And you've even been spiritual enough to think it through that this is not a selfish request. This is really to bring God glory. And so, for your glory, God, I'm fasting, praying. <clears throat> and you believe that. And somehow this is going to clearly produce results. So why do you fast? Do you do it to look good to yourself? The way you feel about yourself before God? <clears throat> Then I have to ask, do you fast? Don't want to just presume and say, why do you fast? But do you fast? Not did you ten years ago, or five years ago, or six months ago. Do you fast? Jesus said there in Matthew, Chapter 6, when he gave instructions about these very things, we grapple with some of these ne- the, the calls for our negative feelings we wrestle with. When we think about fasting, we think about people doing it for um, feeling good, looking good, and even drawing attention to themselves and pride and all those negative things. We think about the Pharisee comparing himself with the publican. This brother I referred to who gave the teaching on fasting And drew from his own example, and he gave some practicals, and he laid out, and he let it be known that he fasts every week, habitually. Not absolutely, not in every circumstance, but habitually. He will take a full 24 hours, skip all meals for a full day every week. And he said, I wrestle to even talk about this topic, let alone tell you what I do, because you're going to just categorize me with the Pharisee. Here I am. I fast once a week, just like the Pharisee comparing himself with the publican. <clears throat> so I get the privilege of using his example. I don't have to say anything about my life. <clears throat> but I very much appreciated his spirit and what he shared. Um, <clears throat> and he was willing to put himself there. And I, I do not believe that um, he had the heart of a Pharisee with the burden that he shared. <clears throat> Why fast? I can share this from my from my own experience. Um, it probably has been a good six months since I fasted for anything more than maybe a day. 
And the simple reason for that is I'm living in America. I'll tell you a few things different that makes it different for me living in America than living in Africa. This is some reasons not to fast. One reason not to fast is there's food around. And it tastes good. And it's readily available. Another reason, specific for me, is uh, I'm busy. And I'm busy doing physical labor. Some differences a little bit from how my lifestyle was more there in Tanzania. It's hard to take the focus for prayer and fasting when your lifestyle is very, very busy. This brother from Christian Aid, he shared how that he picks one day per week and tries to make it, uh, which would normally be his um, lightest day, where his schedule is flexible, doesn't have a lot of responsibilities or work that day, and can take extra time for, for prayer. He does it together with his wife. And they together spend extra time. <clears throat> I believe he said they take the full lunch hour to pray together. Comes in from his office and... <clears throat> It, these last six months has been hard for me to, to have that kind of flexibility. <clears throat> Why not fast? Fasting is saying no to the body. Concerning something which is not sinful. Food is not sinful. Concerning something which is a very, very basic need to sustain life. Fasting our body knows, without being told very, very uh, innately, our body knows that we need food. And everything within us will desire it, will seek it, will be drawn to it when you deprive the body of food. <clears throat> so I think on the flip side, it gives us a very good reason too fast. <clears throat> Before we go through some reasons too fast, I'd like to turn to Isaiah 58. And I just uh, looked through several passages, did some searches on, on, on passages in the Word of God that refer to fasting. And I haven't found any that uh, come close to inspiring us to fast as much as this passage does. Beyond the simple thought from the words of Jesus to his disciples that there's something, some things that God wants to do through you, through us, that he withholds himself and he cannot do without fasting, fasting and prayer. <clears throat> this passage inspires us, expounds a bit more on the beautiful things. So I'm going to break in a bit. And we're going to take the last half of the chapter first. 
Then we're going to come back to the beginning of the chapter and look at a few practicals. I'm just going to read. Starting from verse 8. When you fast and pray God's way. These are promises. Beautiful promises. Isaiah 58 verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. You're going to have a surge in health and a bright outlook on life. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. I'm going to do some paraphrasing. I'm sure you could do this more ways than one. This is Tim's paraphrasing a little bit here and applying. Thy righteousness shall go before thee. You will have such a consistent and powerful life of right living that that reputation will go before you wherever you go. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. God will change your perspective on life, reorient you so that God's glory will truly be what motivates and drives you. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Your prayers will be more effective. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. First of all, you will cry. I pray some, pra- I pray some prayers that are not prayers of crying. And I fasted for days and still didn't obtain this. But this can help you to get to a place in your spirit where you connect with God. He's going to say, here I am. His presence will come near because your spirit changes to the point where you cry. It might be cry with tears might be crying without tears, but nevertheless, it is going to be an earnest prayer. It is going to be a crying out to God. It is going to be some desperation. It is going to be feeling your neediness. You will cry. I often, in prayer, feel a need for prayer and pray that God will help me to pray. Because prayer is not just about saying the words, mentioning those people and those requests and those, those needs. <clears throat> God knows all about all those needs. I'm going to refer to this too, just on Wednesday night. I was pondering this a bit. Uh, in our circle there, our prayer circle, one of the brothers, I think it was Brother Eldon, mentioned, we were talking about prayer. How do we pray for those who are in hostage? And mentioned, God doesn't need our prayers. We're the ones that need our prayers. And I think so it is with fasting. God doesn't need our fasting. We're the ones that need our fasting. It is a gift that God provides for us that helps us to get into a position of neediness, of desperation, of afflicting our soul. That term is used many times in referring to fasting here in Scripture. And his presence comes near. If I'll take away... From the midst of thee, the yoke, 
the putting forth of the finger and the speaking of vanity. More than one place in scripture, this is one, I found at least one other place, where it speaks of oppression. Our hearts are hard sometimes. Sometimes we're too hard on other people. I think specifically it's talking about uh, not being fair to your servants, to those who work for you. And it could be those who work with you. It can be as simple as um, uh, children in your home or on your farm, or it can be uh, in the workplace, those that, you, that work with you. We, we, we can be hard on each other. <clears throat> we can blame others. We can boast in our own performance. Afflicting your soul through fasting can help you to take a step back and evaluate, where's my heart? Am I hardening my heart? Am I being unfair? Am I being hypocritical? The way I look at other people, the way I relate to other people, the pressure I put on them. It's not just making a slave, whipping him over the back. These things happen in our spirits and our daily life, sometimes before we realize it. <clears throat> Verse 10, And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry... And satisfy the afflicted soul. Then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. So our hardness of our heart, how hard we are on other people, is, 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 is brought into check. But then also our empathy, our compassion is drawn out for those who have needs. Beyond what we have. The hungry. Our hearts are touched. Into action, we satisfy the afflicted soul. We do something about it. Are you feeling some of the inspiration that I felt? Are, are these things you want in your life? Are these things that would be, wow, Lord, I need that. That would be good. That would be growth. <clears throat> then your light will rise in obscurity. In Scripture, we find this thing of your light rising, and in Isaiah especially, numerous places. Um, and I, I believe it is meant in a very general sense. Sense of well-being, prospering, going forward in your life, spiritual, perhaps even physical. <clears throat> could also apply it to testimony <clears throat> in obscurity we feel like we're hidden away sometimes our lives are meaningless sometimes we, we, we feel like our, our lives don't amount to much and we're hidden in our corner and we don't have much of an impact well God can do things in the spirit world and in your spirit that changes that <clears throat> And the Lord shall guide thee continually. When your sensitivity is heightened, and your spirit is cast upon the Lord and connected with God, aided by fasting, God gives you wisdom, direction. God gives satisfaction in your relationship with him satisfy thy soul in drought make fat thy bones how can fasting talk about talk about irony here talk about uh, something that is uh, a paradox 
make fat thy bones through fasting. And thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Fruitfulness, refreshing things coming from your life. And they shall be of these, they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. You will have impact of other people's lives who will, who will, uh, bring restoration. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. You will be able to draw on what you've been given from many generations and put it to good use. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Where would that not apply better than in the Anabaptist tradition? We go through cycles. We have strengths, we have weaknesses of, through, through generations. And sometimes we get disoriented, sometimes we get uh, disillusioned because of negative things. Or maybe even spiritual life is down to a dwindle or is completely choked out. But here it talks about where there's things, where there's restoration, where there's spiritual restoration needed. Built on those same foundations, it can be done. The restorer of paths to dwell in. The one that cleans, cleans up, smooths the way, makes it uh, a place where others can travel. In your example, a good path. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing the, thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, And shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. My signature is on it. These are my promises for you. He gives these promises, these inspirations, things to aspire to, following correction. The correction is not to tell them, you need to fast. He's talking to people, from what's said here in the beginning, he's talking to people who do fast, who boast in their fasting. Maybe a bit like the Pharisee. Then we have an example there. These are people, says in verse 2, they seek me daily. They delight to know my ways. They are a nation that does righteousness. They do not forsake God's laws. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. I read that verse. I said, wow, Lord, that sounds like a beautiful testimony. Any of my brothers or sisters in Christ, if they could have that testimony, that would be inspiring. But this is their testimony, at least their profession. Maybe you're sitting here and that's your profession. I connected with that verse. I don't know about you. And this is their walk with God. 
And they say, and on top of all this, we have fasted, verse 3, and thou seest not. You don't seem to be taking heed to us. We have afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast, the response that God gives, sure, you fast, but in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your labors. You are going on with normal life. Your heart is still hard. You're still pressing those who work for you. In fact, you use your fast for strife and debate. Well, I think two meals is enough. Well, I think you're not spiritual enough if you do at least a full three meals for the day. Well, I think if you didn't fast for all three days that Cam announced to fast this week, you must not be spiritual. Those kind of debatings. God doesn't want us to get into any of that. God doesn't want us to think those ways. It will do us more harm than good. You fast for strife and debate. Smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Your prayers, that kind of fasting, it will not be heard on high. God's throne room. No. That's self-deception. You feel good about yourself, but really your spirit is not changed. Your spirit's not made sensitive. You're not tuning into God. You might be turning off the body. You might be bragging about it. You might be thinking those kind of thoughts, but you're not tuning into God. I must admit that it's easy for me, it's easier to fast than it is to pray. For me, it's easier to fast than it is to pray. I think there's a big difference. Now, I believe all of us pray. I believe all of us pray in some form or another to some extent every day, maybe every hour of the day. But I'm talking about the investment of focused prayer, uh, extra time, maybe even uh, taking most of a day, and having meaningful communion with God. That would be an exercise for me many times more than to fast for a day. So, it's easy for me to use fasting as convenience. It's easy for me to fast, and I get more time that day. I sleep less. I don't need as much sleep. I have a clearer mind. I function better. I push through that work I want to get done in my office. And the list goes on. I don't feel as obligated to take as much time with the family. Well, they can go on with supper. I'm, I'll be home late from work. I'll come in from the office late. These are the kind of things that are tendencies that can tend, for me, my experience, tend to happen. <clears throat> Whereas I think God's heart is the opposite. <clears throat> so, 
So we have laid out here in verse 5 the kind of fast that God chooses, that God wants. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? I'm sorry, here he's, he's, he's saying still the, the appearance, the hypocrisy. Uh, someone's afflicting his soul, bowing down his head, uh, spreading sackcloth and ashes. Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? And the, the um, assumed answer is no. Contrast it here in verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. To deal with those bondages in your life. To get desperate before God. The bands of wickedness. A habit. A temptation that has been reoccurring for you. You can find your answer in tuning your heart through prayer and fasting. To loose the bands of wickedness. To undo the heavy burdens. To let the oppressed go free. And that ye break every yoke. Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? And that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. That thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Perhaps a very practical reason to fast would be to... We have a good word for this in Swahili, kujinima. To withhold from yourself the normal necessities of life in order so you can afford to give it to someone else. Now, we don't live very hand-to-mouth. It's such a foreign... We, we're so far from living hand-to-mouth. This is such a foreign concept. But I do think that's one of the purposes he's giving here. Okay? Cut back on your food so you can give that food to someone else who needs it. Maybe more than you do. I think that's what he's saying. It's a very practical reason to fast. <clears throat> So we can have resources to share, even if it's so much as, as some extra time, taking that lunch hour um, and, um, and things like that. <clears throat> I'm going to take a little time here um, <clears throat> to just summarize some reasons, some benefits of fasting. We looked at all these spiritual blessings here. Um, <clears throat> So you could summarize some of what we've been saying by, number one, shifting the focus from the body to the spirit. We are talking about it, my wife and I, here the other day, and I said that to one, of the, one of my big reasons is to prove the body, to test the body, to test what is, where am I at? Do I have my eating in check? And I will say this, I don't, I'm not quick to judge someone who is overweight more than someone that maybe doesn't have enough of weight. Um, some of us simply have a different metabolism. And I could hide an awful lot of gluttony that someone else simply couldn't hide. <laughs> so I'll just, just say that simply, although I do believe that this will deal with gluttony and overweight problems if we obey this command, this instruction, if we follow God's plan for fasting. So it puts the body in check. A significant benefit for me is less sleep and a clearer mind. It's much, much easier 
um, stood out to me, especially this last week, uh, to go to bed at normal time and just wake up, not not forcing yourself to up, but wake up and uh, be eager and ready to start your day an hour, maybe even more, before normal. <clears throat> and um, much clearer mind, much easier to, to get into the spirit. <clears throat> I also want to look at a few health benefits. Um, just, just for interest here, the secular world has taken note of fasting. And in recent years, I know first it really caught my, caught my attention, uh, I think a little bit less than a year ago, uh, there was a news article that came out of some new findings and some research that's been done. And I, I looked up, uh, <clears throat> there's um, a list of benefits physically that have been given for fasting, which um, have been well researched and, and are, there's a lot of recognition being given to these. Um, there was a specific study which, which I looked up um, that was done in 2018. This isn't necessarily a new one, but they keep studying different angles of this, of how that uh, fasting burns up fat. So if someone who's overweight and considering different kinds of dieting, the best kind of diet is simply no food. There's all kinds of plans can do 16 hours out of eight some people do that they only do two meals a day and make sure those two meals are within an eight hour period and you have no food for 16 hours every day that will effectively put you into ketosis if ketosis is a state of the body where the body simply runs out of carbohydrates you don't have that constant flow of food sugars and carbohydrates and it starts burning fat it's some people call it the starvation mode. <clears throat> it can happen, even if you just go long from one meal to another. It can happen. It depends on your metabolism and various factors. But it will, for almost everyone, uh, work that way uh, within those 16 hours. <clears throat> um, there was, There is a, a um, program or organization particularly that, that laid out uh, that, that research supports that even more effective than the 16 hours out of eight is the one day out of seven. <clears throat> Strongly promoting that um, there are some specific health benefits which, which research points to um, when you do one day out of seven. <clears throat> In addition to burning fat, your hormones are balanced. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but the ghrelin and leptin hormones those of you who study much about dieting are familiar with those terms. Uh, those are balanced, and those are basically your hunger hormones. Sometimes they will lie to you, and they will tell you your your it makes you feel like you are starving, you're in desperate need of food, when in fact you have maybe you even ate not too long ago, um, or you have plenty of fat reserves, and so on and so forth. And it will make you hungry when you should not be feeling hungry. Well. That can be balanced, and even to the point, I've experienced this, and my dad talked a lot about this, and I've heard this from others, where if you do a lifestyle of fasting from time to time, uh, or even if you simply had experience, even if it's been a long time, you had experience of fasting for numerous days in a row, you can learn, your body learns to fast without really getting very weak or even struggling a lot with hunger feelings. <clears throat> And in any fast, that, that predictably happens after two or three days. And then the following days, 
okay, sure, fuel looks, uh, food still smells good and looks appealing, but it doesn't doesn't produce the the hunger <laughs> response. <clears throat> so, uh, scientifically, part of the reason, maybe most of the reason for that, is simply because those hormones are balanced. Another, um, the third one is it brings lower blood pressure. This comes from a study in 2019. There's three studies here in a row that were in 2019. Lower blood pressure. Um, it can lessen or even heal someone completely of diabetes um, simply because it puts your insulin sensitivity on track. Another study in 2019 proves that it boosts your immune system. <clears throat> And a study in 2010 goes as far as to indicate that it may actually have an anti-aging. Of course, it's a very trendy thing in the health world, have, very, have a very anti-aging effect. Um, and this happens on a cellular level, I believe, where uh, there's actually uh, a cellular house cleaning in effect, in layman's terms, that goes through your body when you fast. It's called autophagy, if I pronounce that correctly. And I found this very interesting. The seventh one uh, I have listed here, which uh, comes from a study in 2011. Uh, it reduces inflammation. There are monocytes in your body which carry, and they build up, carry and increase inflammation. And fasting basically puts them into sleep mode. And when they're fed with supply of food and of course certain types of food more so but um it puts them into very active mode you know you can all of a sudden if you have a little bit of trouble with arthritis or something you can have really bad and you can go into almost complete remission with fasting i'll just share a little personal um testimony so um two or three weeks ago i had a small accident on the job site i was unloading a ladder i was up on the bed of the truck and it was a heavy ladder. I was coming down. I had to step, I don't know, only another foot or so. Um, and my foot slipped. And that sent me off the side of the truck. Couldn't control my fall very well. Was, this ladder was also coming down. I landed on my back on the ground. Uh, this side of my lower back hit the top of a little bucket nails that was, or, or uh, screws that was sitting there on the ground. And um, hit that significantly hard. And the heavy ladder came down, hit top of me yet. Well, that hurt. Put a little, scraped me a little bit, not too bad. Um, but it put a knot on my right side of my back. And that is what gave me trouble. And um, I was able, it's fortunate it was the end of the day, but it, it, it was serious enough that I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to work the next day. And um, I limped along with it, used some. Ibuprofen and things, and got the inflammation under control. This knot in my back, but it kept coming back, kept coming back. It didn't after it settled down? It was it was livable after several days, but it was still there. And tried some massages, tried different things. I'm not quick enough to go to a chiropractor, maybe, but I didn't go to a chiropractor. And um, it was just nagging me. Was, you know, by the end of the day, it was it was interfering a little bit, every, almost every day. And lo and behold, here Monday or Tuesday. I mentioned to my wife, you know what? This is the first time I got through my day. I haven't thought at all about it. I don't think I'm hurting at all. Never made the connection until I was just uh, doing a little bit of research for this. Sure enough, fasting, anti-inflammatory. 
So there's health benefits. Fasting for life. The world is all about preserving this physical body. But if it helps to preserve the physical body in some way and helps to increase our health and help us, helps us to use these bodies as a vessel for God's glory to be used uh, for his kingdom, how much more can fasting help us for our spiritual life? And to be used to reach others. To be used to do things that God cannot do. Or chooses not to do until we employ what he's given us, this gift of prayer and fasting. Zechariah chapter 7 verse 5. Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto all the people of the land and to the priests, saying, When ye fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh month, even those seventy years, did ye at all fast unto me, even to me? says it twice for emphasis, I believe. So the people of Israel, they had their designated times of fasting. They all did it together. Beautiful. The fifth and seventh month. But God is getting to the heart of the matter and he's saying, did you do it to me? Even to me? This kind cometh not forth, but by prayer and fasting. May God help us to fast, to make it a part of our church culture, find ways to do it corporately with one or two others, if, if not um, all of us at times. May God help us to implement uh, extra time for prayer and focused to tune our spirit that it can be fasting and prayer. Fasting for life. For our own lives. Both physical and spiritual. And fasting that other lives might be saved. Jesus said, otherwise, it can't happen. May we fast even to him. May God bless you.